Jen Psaki addresses the Bishop Evans death at the border, and it's, let's just say it's less than satisfactory. I have another reason why you shouldn't send your kids to college, and of course, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, well, good news. I'm finally able to get uh, my podcast up on um, up on Rumble. So I, I'm, t- I'm trying to figure out how to make it into a video cast. I'm not really sure how to do that uh, because this is edited throughout. This is all pre-recorded. So when you hear it, this is all pre-recorded. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, the best way to go about doing that. Uh, also, I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to upload a video where we read my racist baby, my anti-racist baby, or anti-racist baby, whatever the damn thing is called. I bought the book, so I figured I don't know if I'm going to violate any copyright on it. But I can't imagine I would because I think this guy wants to spread this information. Um, I just finished reading the book, but I discovered some stuff at the end. It, it's a very disturbing book. It's it's a really disturbing book. So it's going to be a little bit longer. So I, I, I'm going to probably take my time with it. I, I need to finish the video, but as far as the reading of the, the book, that's that part's done. All right, so let's, let's get to... I was going to bring this up yesterday, um, and... I didn't have time because it took me almost 45 minutes to get through everyone flipping out about uh, Elon Musk taking over uh, Twitter. Uh, and I honestly, I could spend another hour on it. I just it, the insanity that is going along going on right now is just I mean, these people are just have lost their minds. The other thing that's really strange, oh, remember Sean King? I told you, I read you a statement about Sean King and how he was going to leave, uh, he was going to leave Twitter and he left Twitter. Yeah, he's back already. It took him 24 hours and then he had to come back. And then he just, when someone reported, yeah, Sean King just deactivated account his account, he go, walks right in there and screams white supremacist, calls him a white supremacist. Go figure that. So anyway, let, let's go Let's go over this because this really bent me out of shape. I, Josie was w- with me during her lunch when I saw this and Josie and I just started cussing. I, I couldn't believe it. So let, let's go over this story again. So Specialist Bishop Evans, who is in the Texas National Guard, jumps into the Rio Grande to rescue a person crossing illegally into the United States. Evans goes under the water, and that's the last time he was seen alive. Search, search begins for the body, uh, and this was on Friday. This was on last Friday. This is when it happened. Two people ended up being rescued, turned out to be drug smugglers. So this guy basically lost his life for drug to rescue drowning drug smugglers. So this happened on Friday. It's important. There was no statement by the Biden administration on Friday. They start looking for the guy. They can't find him. On Saturday, the Biden they are still searching for the body. The Biden administration says nothing. On Sunday, they're still searching for the body. Three days. Biden administration still doesn't say anything. On Monday, the body is found. 
It's confirmed that he's dead. And the Biden administration still doesn't say anything. Well, on Monday afternoon, there was uh, Joe uh, Jen Psaki is doing her daily press conference. In the press conference, she doesn't say anything during her announcements. Because usually with the press conference, what happens is they go in there, they make a set of announcements, what's happening, blah, 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 and then they ask questions. Finally, somebody asked Jen Psaki uh, what they think about the death of Bishop Evans. So she goes 20 minutes into her deal, doesn't, doesn't address it. Okay, by the way, it's Tuesday today. Biden still hasn't said anything about it. You would have thought, my gosh, Biden's got to say something. Nope, he has not said anything about it. But here's Jen Psaki and her response when asked about Bishop Evans. Thank you, Jen. Um, I don't believe the White House so far has commented on the death of um, Bishop Evans, the 22-year-old National Guard uh, specialist who drowned trying to save two migrants. I wanted to give the opportunity to say Yes, thank you for that, Jackie. And the news of the confirmation that his body had been uh, found um, was confirmed just a couple of hours ago. Um, I would note that, um, of course, our heart uh, goes out to his family and to his loved ones. Um, I would, it, to confirm all the specific details, he went missing uh, on Friday following his selfless efforts to rescue two migrants who appeared to be drowning uh, and who were trying to cross a river in Mexico that went to the United States, uh, went into the U.S., of course. Uh, we know that National Guard personnel, including, uh, including uh, him, risk their lives every day to serve and protect others. Uh, and again, our, our hearts go out to his family. I don't have any, in case you may ask, I don't have any updates at this moment in terms of the president's outreach, but if, uh, if that is something I can update you on this afternoon, I will let you know. Okay, she's a liar. They don't care. They don't care. If they had cared, they would have brought this up four days ago. They would have addressed it. Joe Biden still hasn't said anything about it, by the way. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday, excuse me. And he still hasn't said anything about it. I was enraged when I heard this. I was like, you guys have waited and waited and waited till Monday to say something. And that's your tepid response. You don't know about, I don't know. I, you, she doesn't know about Biden's outreach or outrage. I'm not sure what she said there. I still don't know what she said. I've heard that quote 50 times. That's when, when they were, when they were asked the question about the border patrol on horses and they thought that maybe they had used their reins instead of to control the horses, which by the way, they did. They had no problem. They made a statement hours after the picture came out. By the way, it's been over, it's been like six months. They finally did the investigation and nothing was made of it. The, the officers are back on Border Patrol again. And the White House had nothing to say about that either. Amazing how these people have nothing to say. So, again, it's Wednesday and they're still, they still haven't said anything about this. They don't care. They really don't care. They don't care about Americans. Okay, so, but this wasn't the end. They decided to go in there and, and ask, all right, does, does the Biden administration take any responsibility for this? Because this is a border crisis and uh, it doesn't seem like you guys are doing anything about it. Listen to a response. Does the White House feel any responsibility for his death, given that uh, there, there's reporting that he lost his life uh, allegedly trying to save 
uh, to migrants who were smuggling drugs. This is a problem that you know the administration has been facing for some time, and is obviously as we've been discussing, getting some criticism on. Is does the White House feel at all responsible? What what more can you offer to people who you know are on the border in border communities who are experiencing loss and, and trials like this? Well, I, I, of course, we are mourning the, the loss of his life, and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas, Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government uh, in, this, in this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, we've, we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. There needs to be more done to invest in smarter security, to have a more effective asylum processing system, and we would welcome any efforts to, uh, for, for any elected officials to work with us on that. This administration takes responsibility for nothing. Absolutely zero. First off, oh, Texas. He, that's, he's, a tex, he's hired by Texas. It's Texas's fault. You know, and she she went on, I don't have the clips, but she went on, she even blamed the Trump administration for the death of this guy. Trump's been out of office a year and a half now. Let let's 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 put a let's put a sock in, in the Trump problem, the other administration. By the way, this administration takes the exact line that Obama did. Obama ba blamed Bush seven years after he was uh, seven years into his White House, into his presidency. The guy constantly blamed uh, Bush for the problems. And this administration takes no... Well, here's the thing. That's a lie. That is untrue. It is their fault. It's their fault because it's the federal government's responsibility to protect the borders. By the way, that's in the Constitution. They're not doing it. Texas is getting overrun. Texas's responsibility, the Texas government, is responsible for protecting their citizens in Texas. And one way to protect their citizens is to make sure that illegal aliens, criminals, who are bringing over drugs, are not crossing the border. So Texas, in order to protect its citizens, has to do the job of the federal government. If the federal government had uh, people on the border, and, and to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure they could put the army on the border. Because the military is not allowed to actually point guns the idea is you're not allowed to point guns within the United States towards the United States but because you're actually you're actually pointing guns toward Mexico I think it's very possible you could actually put the army on the border and it would be constitutional but here here's something wild and crazy we don't need smart detection on the border how about a wall the areas where the wall is up yeah, they're not having too much of a problem with illegal immigration. It's where there is no wall they're having problems with illegal immigration. And it would have cost... By the way, we spent how much now? Almost $100 billion on Ukraine to protect their borders? But we can't do it here? Absolutely incredible. And, and just this administration is just garbage. And Jen Psaki, she, she just should quit. She's a terrible human being. Okay, speaking of the border, Missouri, the Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt, had some great news. He tweeted, in a lawsuit originally filed by Missouri, Louisiana, and Arizona, 
Our office just obtained a temporary restraining order to keep Title 42 in place. This is a huge victory for border security, but the fight continues on. Okay, it's not a huge victory for border security. I, I'll explain why in a few minutes. But just to give you a reminder, Title 42 is a Trump-era policy that stated that the United States could close the border because of COVID. So anybody who was arrested, anyone who was found at the border could actually just be sent back across. All right. The DHS, Department of Homeland Security, uh, Mayor Alejandro Mayorkas, has said that there could be up to 18,000 illegal crossings per day if this border security, if Title 42 is taken down. Now, to give you an example of how huge 18,000 people are, just on a just on a statistical point, uh, right now there are 7,000 people crossing the border, between 6 and 7,000 per day crossing the border. The border control is com- border patrol is completely overrun. They cannot stop these people. The border patrol was asked, well, how many can you handle per day? And they said pretty much the most they could handle is about 1,500 a day. Can you imagine 18,000 people crossing a day? The Biden administration, I think, see, is reading the tea leaves here. See, Joe Biden really has a problem. Joe Biden's big problem is he knows the border problem, the border crisis is a crisis. He knows, I don't know, I take that back. Ron Klain and Susan Rice, who's probably running the government, I don't think Biden knows anything right now. I don't think he's running the government. He did a speech today uh, at the uh, at a funeral for, I think it's Madeleine Albright, but he did a speech today. The guy sounds completely out, gone. He, he just does not sound like he knows where, what's going on anymore. Um, the Biden administration knows this, this border thing is going to kill him. It's going to destroy him. And the problem is they realize Title 42 ending him will be the, the death knell. It will be the final nail in the coffin. And so when Title 42, but they also have to make happy their leftist based, which wants the border wide open because Joe Biden is a globalist. So it's not really a surprise that he wants to open the border. But this is their opportunity. A judge said Title 42 has to stay up. The Biden administration says, oh, well, okay, we did what we could. They don't look like they're going to, as of right now, it doesn't look like they're going to contest it. They're just going to keep Title 42 up and they'll probably will sit back. They'll have to contest it eventually because Title 42 can't stay up. And the big problem is with Title 42, they have no plans. There's no plans. They 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 are not going to replace Title 42 with anything. So this is going to be a real problem. In other border news, the uh, migrant protection protocols, which is commonly known as the Remain in Mexico policy, is now being argued in front of the Supreme Court. Now this was this law or policy made it so that when an illegal, when an alien, and, and not illegal, these guys are actually trying to do the right thing. When an alien crosses the border and then claims asylum, they are required to stay in Mexico until their paperwork is processed. 
Now, this is this was under Trump. This was made to lower the amount of illegal aliens coming across the border. It was also made to discourage people from traveling from Honduras and El Salvador and, and up to the United States to cross the border. By the way, nobody according according to law, nobody from Honduras, El Salvador, or um, Guatemala would be allowed in the country. They couldn't claim asylum because basically they crossed into Mexico. They'd have to claim asylum in Mexico. I believe Mexico does follow that law. Well, the uh, Joe Biden on his first day in office just overturned the policy. And then we ended up with hundreds of thousands crossing the border every month. The, uh, the DHS, who's arguing against the protocols, they say that it's dangerous for the aliens to sit in Mexico waiting for their asylum paperwork to cross because Mexico is just not the safest place. And not to mention it's a burden on Mexico for holding them. Well, you know, both can be argued against. Well, first off, if it's a burden for Mexico to hold them, if they're Mexican citizens... They're Mexican citizens. How is that a burden for Mexican Mexico? If they're not Mexican citizens, if they're from Guatemala, El Salvador, or uh, uh, Honduras, send them back to the country. Deport them. They're illegally in Mexico, too. And then the other thing is, how, when do we have to worry about the health and safety of people who are not part of this country? This is something that drives me crazy. We are so concerned about the people trying to get into the United States. We're so concerned about Ukraine. We're so concerned about Iran. We're so concerned about every other every other country in the world. We're not concerned about our own. I personally do not care what's happening in Ukraine. I I'm sorry. It's a, a war. Putin's a bad dude. He's going to get what he's what's coming to him. So's Russia. I'm more concerned about the interests of the United States, and we've got enough problems here. It's giving Ukraine $100 billion when we have problems here we need to solve. I mean, $4 billion to protect our borders with a wall? Okay, you guys say it doesn't work? That's fine. But why wouldn't it work? They never answer that question. And could it hurt? So... That's the issue, and of course, the arguments for the border policy is that. Um, and by the way, this was brought. A, this this the reason it's in the Supreme Court is Missouri and Texas actually sued, and a judge ruled in favor of Texas and Missouri that the Remain in Mexico policy should still be there. Now, I told you. So there, the big argument is it is a deterrent. People, when this law was active. They went from 100,000 illegal crossing, illegal detentions a month to about 30,000 illegal detentions a, month, uh, detentions a month. So it was actually working. And then Biden just turned it off. Now, does any of this matter? Absolutely not. It doesn't make any difference because Biden has neutered the Border Patrol so much that even 30,000 detentions... They can't process. He is taking border patrol agents off of the border and putting them in other areas just to weaken them. That 1,500 uh, border patrol agents, 1,500 illegal crossings stats that I gave you, it's probably way less than that because they just don't have a lot of border security.
All right, so we'll see what happens with that. That one, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that one. Uh, I know that uh, Clarence Thomas is going. Clarence Thomas and Alito are going to vote for it. Uh, I don't know about anybody else. We'll have to see what's happening. It was an executive order, so I don't know what's going to happen with it. Okay, this is great. According to the Daily Wire, Westminster College in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places, Utah, is still still planning to offer a course studying hardcore pornography following an outpouring of backlash online, a representative from the private college said Thursday. The May-summer term, Gender 3000, porn, has the description, Hardcore pornography is as American as apple pie and more popular than Sunday night football. Our approach to this billion-dollar industry is as both a cultural phenomenon that reflects the re- and reinforces sexual in- inequalities, but holds the potential to challenge the sexual and gender norms, and as an art form that requires serious contemplation. We will watch pornographic films together and discuss the sexualization of race, class, and gender as an experimental radical art form this is this is just i think this is funny utah probably the cleanest state in the union is they've got colleges offering porn classes now the good news is this is going to give the nerds something to do during the week besides playing video games and D. so that's a thing and you know those guys are going to go to this class in hopes of finding some of the freakish females on campus? But you know there will be no women in this class. Because how uncomfortable is this? Unless you actually do have some of those freakish chicks in in a classroom. But I kind of doubt you're going to see a lot of freakish gals in a private school in Utah. So I don't have much to say about this. Uh, except one, you know, we can have norms in this society. We can actually say that, you know, uh, pornography is bad. We can say that. And we can ha- be a society that thinks pornography is bad. But we, but the left is trying to make a society that has no norms, that there are no boundaries. I'm sorry, pornography is a bound it is a boundary. I'm not saying I don't watch porn. I I can tell you what, I don't watch it every day. I don't watch it every month. I don't watch it much at all. And if you want to watch porn, that's fine. But let's call porn what it is. It is a dark spot. It is a flaw in our society. It is a perversion. It is. And you know what? It's okay to say that. As a matter of fact, we should be saying that more often, but we're not. A lot of things out there are perversions and we're just we just want to make them into the norm. Pornography is not a norm and we shouldn't make it and colleges shouldn't. And it's all right to sit there and put boundaries around our society. Yeah, free speech. You know what? I understand free speech. There are limits to speech too. All right, there are, there are limits to speech. It's not you can say whatever you want. That's not true. The other thing is, uh, and 
probably the simplest point I want to make here is why should we send our kids to school? This is what they're teaching. Why send them to college? I talk to Josie about this all the time. Don't send your kids to college. First off, they don't like it. Second off, send them to a trade school. Send them to get a skill. That's what's going to save them. Not studying, not pornography 3000 over at some school. All right, so <laughs> more racism. This is great. According to KIRO7, quote, pot, weed, grass, Mary Jane, flower. There is no shortage of terms to describe cannabis. However, Washington State is taking one word officially off the table, marijuana. Legislatures, re, legislatures, legislators recently passed a law that changes every revised code of Washington with the word marijuana. The change gets rid of the term, swapping it out for the word cannabis. Supporters say the word marijuana has a long history of, here it comes, racism. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Some of this stuff's really funny. So according to one of the state reps, her name is Melanie Morgan, she said the term marijuana itself is pejorative and racist. It's, as recreational marijuana use became more popular, it was negatively associated with Mexican immigrants. Um, it probably should have been, and we'll talk about why in a second. Even though it seems simple because... It's just one word. The reality is we're healing the wrongs that were committed against black and brown people around cannabis. Yep, you did it. You cured you cured racism by taking out marijuana. Uh, there's another gal, Joy Hollinsworth, who owns pot farms where she sells weed, which is legal in Washington, and she sells hemp products. Things like candles and creams and fun stuff like that. And she's been doing it legally for a really long time. She said this, and I'll tell you who uh, Harry Aslinger is in a second. It has been talked about for a long time in our community about how the word, how the, that word, marijuana, demonizes the cannabis plant. It was Aslinger that's it was Harry Aslinger that said, and I quote, marijuana is the most violent causing drug in the history of mankind. The most marijuana users are Negroes, Hispanic, Caribbean, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz and swing results from marijuana usage. Okay, now that Harry Aslinger, he was the commissioner for the Federal Bureau of Narcotics in the government at the time. It's actually the DEA now, or the Drug Enforcement Agency now. He was involved, he was pushing for a Marijuana Tax Act, which was in 1937. That banned, that actually put marijuana as a Schedule One drug. So basically, they want to eliminate the word marijuana because some guy in 1937 said that blacks and Mexicans were using marijuana. You know, I'm glad they're doing this simply because marijuana, uh, cannabis is a lot easier to spell than marijuana. I get, I spell it wrong all the time. When I was writing the bloody script for this episode, I spelled marijuana wrong twice. 
I don't know why I keep putting that A in instead of an I in marijuana, but I do. So, okay, it's no skin off my neck if they change the word. Now, the kicker is the term marijuana is actually from Spanish Mexico. It is Mexican. That doesn't mean we think of Mexicans when we think of marijuana, but it is. They called it marijuana. It was, and they spell it differently. If I thought marijuana was bad here. It, it was worse. They called it, they called it marijuana back in about the sixth, 17th century, 16th century. And they grew marijuana not for smoking. They grew it for the hemp because it made such a good rope. It was also grown in Asia. It was also grown in parts of Europe. It was also grown in the United States. Virginia, for example, grew, grew it for the hemp. It was called marijuana long before it was smoked. The term wasn't coined because it was a drug. So their logic is way off. And getting rid of it because some obscure politician in 1937 said something that today we consider racist is a stupid reason. Okay? Also, by changing the name, aren't they kind of confirming that the drug is used by black people and Hispanics? I never thought, when I hear the term marijuana, I don't think Mexican. I don't think black. I think the drug. I, I don't think twice about who uses it. Heck, I know a lot of white people that smoke weed constantly. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why... I didn't think about black or white until they brought it up and said the word is racist. And why, why does every word that they come up with, you can, you can find any word in there that is termed that could be termed racist. Any word I could say is is a word. Just simply by having the word negro in in the sentence. That man is a negro. I could actually say is 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 racist because someone said it in the same sentence with the word negro. It's stupid. It's dumb. And by the way, I, I just want to point something out. Washington State has a lot of issues. They've got a homeless problem. They've got a crime problem. They've got a drug problem. They still haven't rebuilt the city from the 2020 riots. They've got Antifa still rioting in in Washington State. Don't they don't don't the politicians over there think there are probably more important things to worry about than than this? Well, the answer is, of course not. They can't solve any of those other problems. So they need to deal with problems like this. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'm going to be doing a video. I'm going to be finishing off that video. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. (laughs) 